waterways threatened with nuclear waste, that and other stories on H2O Radio's weekly news report about water. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. The nation's highways may become a bit more dangerous this spring. On Tuesday, the Department of Energy announced that shipments of solid nuclear waste will soon start moving along our roads to an underground repository in southern New Mexico. The shipments were halted three years ago after a radiation release contaminated the facility known as WIP for Waste Isolation Pilot Plant. Most of the waste will come from Idaho, 61 truckloads in all, but that's just a small fraction of the 900 shipments that are supposed to be made from that state by the end of next year. All the nuclear waste going to New Mexico is solid. But the Department of Energy also announced last week that it's planning to ship liquid nuclear waste along highways from Canada to the Savannah River site in South Carolina. As Mother Jones reports, there will be at least 100 to 150 separate truck shipments of liquid nuclear waste over a period of about three years. Environmental groups, including the Sierra Club and Beyond Nuclear, recently sued to force the government to prepare a new environmental impact statement before starting the shipments. But a federal judge in Washington, D.C. is allowing the shipments to go forward. The liquid waste poses a bigger threat to the environment than solid waste if it spills into waterways or lakes. Less than two ounces of the radioactive uranium could destroy a city's water supply, according to Gordon Edwards of the Canadian Coalition for Nuclear Responsibility. If a spill contaminated the Great Lakes or any other waterway, it could be permanent. Officials will not disclose the roots of the shipments, which makes it impossible for people to take any action to prevent them. It's been about three weeks since Iraqi forces took control of eastern Mosul from ISIS. And life is extremely difficult there. The water and sewer systems are not working. Two reporters from the New York Times learned last week how residents in the liberated areas are getting water. Using a sledgehammer to pound a steel pipe through concrete and shovels to dig, people have reached water sometimes after working for three days. They said they don't drink the water, but only use it for washing clothes and cleaning dishes. People can buy bottled water for drinking in some parts of liberated areas. Iraqi forces are beginning an assault on the western part of Mosul. On Saturday, the United Nations warned that up to 800,000 people are at extreme risk due to lack of food, fuel supplies, and acute shortages of drinking water. Last week, nearly 190,000 people were evacuated when officials worried that parts of the Oroville Dam in Northern California could fail. Luckily, that didn't happen, but another storm is forecast to deliver heavy rain to the area, and it's possible another evacuation order could be issued. The questionable safety of the Oroville Dam is nothing new. The San Jose Mercury News reports that a little more than 10 years ago, three environmental groups told the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission that the dam didn't meet safety standards. They said fast rising water would overwhelm the concrete spillway and then flow down the emergency spillway, possibly leading to flooding downstream. But the state of California and various water supply agencies said the upgrades weren't necessary and the feds agreed. So the near disaster at Oroville has brought renewed attention to the problem of aging dams. As detailed in 
in Fortune magazine, 65% of dams in the U.S. will be past their 50-year designated lifespan in three years. And the American Society of Civil Engineers rates about 4,000 dams as being susceptible to failure. The crisis with dams will be exacerbated by climate change, which is predicted to bring more extreme weather events and put stress on already weakened infrastructure. A study published last week in the journal Nature concludes that the oxygen content in Earth's oceans declined by more than 2% between 1960 and 2010. That's concerning because just a little loss of oxygen in coastal waters can lead to a complete change in ecosystems, according to David Baker at the University of Hong Kong. He told CNN that the drop may have detrimental consequences for fisheries and coastal economies because fish can't survive in dead zones created by the lack of oxygen. The dead zones also pump out nitrous oxide another harmful greenhouse gas. The cause of the decline is partly a result of climate change. Warmer water holds less oxygen, but as the surface waters get warmer, the oxygen is less likely to sink to layers below. Baker said that the oceans are really a mirror of human health. If they're sick and dying, then that's the future of mankind as well. And finally, when you gotta go, you gotta go. And that can be challenging if you're an astronaut. It's not like you can just pull into a gas station. NASA has been working on this problem and has made advances since the days of plastic bags. The fancy International Space Station toilets suction human waste and then jettison it from the ship where it catches fire in the atmosphere, looking like shooting stars. But what they haven't quite got down is what to do on spacewalks. Right now, astronauts wear diapers, but they're limited. They're only good for about 10 hours. What the space agency wants is something that will allow the astronauts to be out and about for longer, days, not hours. If we're going to explore places like Mars, we're going to need to keep astronauts safe from their feces and urine. So they announced the Space Poop Challenge to crowdsource a solution. About 5,000 people from more than 150 teams submitted some pretty badass ideas. The winner was Thatcher Carden, a family physician and Air Force flight surgeon. Inspired by operating techniques like catheters, he came up with a concept to locate a tiny valve in the suit's crotch through which astronauts can insert and remove expandable diapers and underwear. Wondering about the toilet paper? Carden's plan includes something called a hygiene wand, a tip covered with bunched fabric that's pulled in a motion similar to a sock being turned inside out. NASA engineers are going to take the top three winning ideas and test them for their next generation spacesuit. Their lab notes for the poop in a suit? We'd call that a captain's log. This Week in Water is supported by the American Waterworks Association. Build a better world through better water at AWWA's ACE 17 in Philadelphia, June 11th through 14th. Learn more at awwa.org slash ACE 17.